This is the Gartner CIO Mind Podcast. Welcome to CIO Mind. Since Facebook rebranded as Meta in October 2021, the amount of hype around the metaverse has become almost overwhelming. But what is it really? How will it impact work and should CIOs care? In this episode of CIO Mind, we answer these questions and more. Are we ready? Let's get metaverse smart. Iyad, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rob. I'm excited about this episode. And I was thinking, are we moving from a 2D to a 3D internet with the metaverse? And will we be hosting this podcast with our avatars in a few years? Yeah, it's a scary thought, right? And I guess to answer your first question, I believe we are moving to that 3D internet. The second one is a difficult one. I know of this term, digital avatars, digital humans. And if that can come true, they're probably going to do a better job hosting this podcast than we are. And they'll be able to multitask by cloning themselves. So we better really up our game. But surely that has to be a while away yet, do you think? I believe so. And here is an interesting strategic assumption by Gartner. By 2026, 25% of people will spend at least one hour a day in the metaverse, be it for work, shopping, education, or entertainment. So I'm keen to know more about the current status of the metaverse. Mm, One hour a day doesn't sound that much either. Let's find out. Today, we talk with our resident gardener expert on all things Metaverse. His name is Marty Resnick. It's a really great listen. Let's dive in. Marty, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rob. Thanks. So let's hear a little bit about you, Marty. Give us a bit of background, your bio, and we can take it from there. Um, Yeah, so I am a vice president analyst here at Gartner. Uh, I am in the technology innovation, uh, what we call KI or key initiative. So I'm also the key initiative leader. So I help set the storyline for speaking specifically to uh, technology innovation leaders and CTOs throughout the year. Great. So I think it'll be remiss not to start off on a very straightforward question or the question is straightforward. I think the answer may, may not be, what is a metaverse? Yeah, definitely not a straightforward answer. Um, But what we like to do when we talk about the metaverse is kind of set our scope of metaverse or what the expectation. So I'm not going to give you this long definition per se, but I'll kind of divide it into three different goals. I I really call this kind of the metaverse equation. Um, The first goal of a metaverse is the one that we typically think of and most recently in film, we probably be introduced in Ready Player One, et cetera, is this idea that we're going to transport to another world. And that other world could be virtual reality. It could be a 3D simulation, kind of like a game through a game system or through our browser or through our desktops, et cetera. But it's really this idea that we're going to go somewhere. We're going to transport to this other world. We're going to have a virtual identity and everything is going to be digital all around us. But what we seem to forget about the metaverse, there's also another layer called transform. And transform is about transforming our physical world. So this idea that uh, in the next couple of years, we would all have 
uh, augmented reality glasses that look very much like the glasses we wear every day. They're going to be the next must-have wearable. And those augmented reality glasses are going to have spatial computing capabilities so that in the physical world, um, I now can see digital objects and interact with digital objects. It's that true blending of the physical digital. And we can talk about some examples of that maybe later on as well. And then the third layer or goal or destination or whatever you want to call it is this idea of transact. Uh, transact is really the economy and almost the foundation of the metaverse. It's really about NFTs and cryptocurrency and tokenized assets and blockchain and all of those things that we would typically put under the Web3 umbrella. Uh, those things are also going to be very important to uh, a metaverse. So when we talk about this metaverse equation, the idea that we're going for to get to the metaverse, this complete metaverse solution is going to include all three of these things. I would say right now we're at a time where we have a bunch of metaverses that probably do some of these things. Uh, but of course, metaverse nirvana is when all of these things come together. Given that we're talking about CIOs and talking to CIOs here, um, why should CIOs care about the metaverse? I, I think there's a few reasons. The, the most important thing I think for CIOs right now is to just truly understand what it is and what makes up the metaverse and not immediately come to a decision either based on some media hype or based on something that a CEO at one of the metaverse companies is saying, or even based on the movies. You know, We're not talking about Ready Player One here. So I really think CIOs should really care about understanding what metaverse is, first of all, and then looking at it pretty tactically, to tell you the truth. What are some of the tactical things that we may want to be looking at that can offer uh, some sort of uh, opportunity for us, whether that opportunity is to fulfill a business outcome or achieve a business outcome, or whether that opportunity is a new business model, um, or whether that opportunity is to kind of sit and wait. I think CIOs just need to understand at this point. Um, and then be able to go back to their business stakeholders and the rest of their executive team and kind of just present a point of view on what it means for their organization right now and and possibly in the near future. Maybe bringing it towards work, right? How will work be done in a metaverse, in the metaverse? And you know, how far away are we from spending some of our time in the metaverse doing our jobs? Any, any kind of stories or paint a picture around that? Yeah, I think um, there's been quite an increase over the last couple of years for obvious reasons around what are better ways that we can connect as employees in flexible workspaces. Um, you know, this expectation that we're not all going to be coming back to the office that kind of worked where we all kind of worked remotely. Um, so I would say virtual meetings are probably going to happen in the metaverse where uh, we may create a virtual office. So there'll be virtual Gartner that you can go into. And, and within virtual Gartner, you can walk into a room and have a meeting around immersive analytics. Uh, so maybe our sales team gets together and, and goes deep dive into analytics. Um, or maybe a presentation or a, a collaboration group and doing brainstorming. Um, I think those things are gaining traction. 
Um, but we're not talking every meeting in the metaverse and we're not talking spending all day there. So if we're using transport for this uh, to improve uh, connection, collaboration and engagement during these meetings, um, you know, we're, we're going to be in these 20, 30 minutes at a time, maybe an hour tops, uh, but we're not going to be doing this all day. Uh, so it's something that maybe for specific reasons, uh, the metaverse style meeting is going to be better than just all of us staring at kind of bobbing heads and a, uh, a typical meeting situation we have today. Right. So heavily synchronous work, collaboration type work where you'd be interfacing with people like you would in a normal meeting today, but um, in that kind of metaverse, w- would you pretty much need an, a VR or an AR headset to, to really get that obviously immersive experience? Can you have kind of mixed mode? Is there any details around, you know, how you would enter it, I suppose? I love the idea of mixed mode. Uh, that's a great way to put it. I, I think one of the things that we say about the metaverse, one of the attributes is it needs interoperability. And it needs to have this idea where maybe you and I are in the meeting with our VR glasses. And so we've got a full immersive experience in that meeting. Um, So let's say it's a product design meeting. So we've got a 3D object of the design that we're looking at and we can interact with it. We can zoom in. It's very high resolution, uh, very accurate, right? And it's really important. You and I are engineers, for example, we really need to look at this thing. Well, and then we have maybe one of our colleagues, I'll use Frank, for example, and he joins us in augmented reality. Maybe we'll call it mixed reality. He has a set, he has a HoloLens. So he joins. So he sees us as avatars, just like we see each other. He sees that object and he could probably, you know, play with it as much as, as we can. Uh, the resolution may not be quite as high on the HoloLens, but uh, it's pretty close. Uh, and then we want somebody to dial in with an iPad. Well, when they join with the iPad, then um, they're going to see us as avatars. They're going to see the object, but they're going to be limited by their experience. So it's not saying that they're going to be out of the meeting. It's just that they're not going to experience the same way we are. And that's what interoperability is probably going to look like in a lot of these meetings. And so technologies like Mesh, for example, are really trying to work this out where we can have a truly interoperable, call it device agnostic metaverse, whether you're transporting, transforming. Uh, another goal we'll probably see in the next few years. You touched on very briefly NFTs earlier and crypto. And I'm, you know, in my own research and looking at crypto, I think there's something like, I don't know, tw- 10 or 12,000 different cryptocurrencies. NFTs maybe has become very trendy over the last two years or so. And they can exist in the real world. Um, but also I presume they're going to be important in the metaverse. Can you maybe talk a little bit about those? Sure. I I think where we're going to see them the most is this idea of direct avatar. So getting back to, we'll pick on Rob the avatar. Rob the avatar has always wanted an earring. Um, And so maybe what will happen is we can purchase an NFT earring that's a limited edition um, Tiffany earring that he can put in his ear. Um, and so there's this whole new marketplace that we're not going to go to the metaverse to buy physical goods. We're going to go to the, or excuse me, we're not going to go to the metaverse to buy physical goods. We're going to go to the metaverse to buy digital goods. And those are going to be NFTs typically to uh, direct to avatar, at least to start. Uh, so you've got this earring uh, that's an NFT and maybe limited edition. So it adds to the value of it. 
But where we're starting to see something interesting in the metaverse that we're not seeing in the real world is kind of this, I'll call it uh, experience-enabled NFT. So in Decentraland, for example, there's a casino. Um, and in order to go into the casino and actually gamble, uh, you need an NFT that is enabled. Uh, I'll call it experience-enabled. And these experience-enabled NFTs came out you know, a, a year ago or so, and they were fairly inexpensive when they first came out. Obviously, they were very popular and got sold out. And so now, um, these experience-enabled NFTs look like sunglasses or a hat. So as long as you're wearing those, you can walk into the casino and it automatically recognizes you and you can start gambling. So now there's this huge market for delegation. And it basically says this, let's say, you know, Rob has his, you know, casino experience enabled NFT earring that he bought. And what he can do is he can delegate it to me. I can wear it, walk into the casino. I can gamble. I then need to give him a percentage of my winnings. Uh, there's some sort of business arrangement set up. And then uh, I give the earring back. And then Rob can give it to somebody else. It's almost an investment. So there's so many new opportunities for NFTs in the metaverse that are very much different than just going to an open sea and purchasing, you know, a cool looking NFT or something that we were very interested in for nostalgia reasons or whatever else. Wow. Yeah. That, I suppose the comparison that comes to mind there is if you maybe have a season ticket for a, a sports team, right. And in the real world, and you could maybe allow a, a friend or a family member use that season ticket to go to a, a game, but still you, you own that. But, but I, I presume the, the opportunities are, are almost endless when, when you're in the metaverse and that kind of casino example uh, is a nice one. Um, another question, people do business with people. Is that all business truism? Uh, and a significant part of that is being able to see the body language of the other person. Um, even when it's on video, you can still see that. Why should people trust that the emotion and body language being displayed by other avatars uh, is in fact a real representation of the people controlling those avatars. So I think this probably gets into a lot of different uh, aspects of some of the, the challenges around trust in, in the metaverse, but any thoughts around that or have you been doing thinking uh, on that space? Yeah, I think it's a great question. It's part of why digital humans are starting to gain popularity is because you can start to show emotion and body language and stuff. Uh, as you're speaking to these conversational AI-driven uh, avatars, um, it, it's all about building trust. But it, you're right. It, the idea in the metaverse that somebody's behind an avatar, you don't even know if it's who you think they are. Um, and trust becomes very difficult. And I think trust is going to look very different in the metaverse. And it's something we definitely talk about all of the time as far as what is that going to look like? Um, and it all comes down to also identity. You know, what does identity look like? I mean, Rob, you and I have talked about uh, quite a bit. Maybe I can throw this back to you a little bit about the importance of identity in the metaverse and what it opens up for things like diversity, equity, and inclusion. Absolutely. This is something I'm, I'm starting to think about more. As, as you know, I, I do some research on DE&I for CIOs, but, but across the executive leadership team and across the organization. And I, I can't, I'm thinking about trust there, right? And if I'm to trust 
uh, another human. That's something I suppose I'm either able to do or, or sometimes not. Um, I, I could trust my car, I guess, right? That I, I can trust that the it was serviced and it'll get me to where I want to get to. So then maybe it's that next level of abstraction to try and trust uh, an avatar, whether you don't know or not, if, if it's the real person you're communicating with. Um, I think it's a, it's going to be something we have to learn to, in, in some ways to, to, to develop that kind of trust of, of a different type of, uh, um, if it is a digital human or, or a different object. So I, I presume it's a part of the human condition to be able to adapt, um, but it, it certainly will probably bring um, some challenges. You need maybe more of an open mind around that rather than just maybe point blank saying it's not something I'm going to to allow myself to do. So, so trust at its core is going to be very important. Um, and then it leads into that concept of psychological safety, which can absolutely tie into uh, the sense of feeling included in organizations. And uh, yeah, I think at this point in time in my thinking and early research is that it's a huge opportunity. It's also, there's, there's a lot of risk uh, as well. Right. So I think it, it needs to be done um, uh, very intentionally. But yeah, I think the term I used w- talking to you before, Marty, was having kind of that uh, greenfield site in some ways to to start uh, building that environment, uh, that world, I suppose, with inclusion and equity built in and doing that and designing that and developing that with a diverse range of you know individuals from, from all different backgrounds, because that I think is going to be you're building something for everybody, but has to be built by by everybody as well. Marty, just before we go from the research you've put out around it, um, can you mention some of that? Get people that some of our listeners can can check out. Sure, definitely. I, I would say start with our "What is a Metaverse?" note. Very short, quick answer format that kind of talks about our definition and gives an idea about uh, what a metaverse looks like. Uh, we do have a lot of research around metaverse and nfts and what those mean and uh together we already have notes in our um emerging tech and trends practice around the future of the metaverse and so there's a lot of interesting research and always i will recommend that you read our maverick research in this area is where we can get very provocative in our thinking and conversations similar to some of the questions we've had today so i would definitely recommend what is a metaverse future of the metaverse metaverse and nft research and then, of course, our Maverick research as well. Marty Resnick, thanks so much for sharing your learnings and everything Metaverse today. Uh, I'm sure it's been really uh, useful for, for our CIOs that are listening. Thanks again. Thanks, Rob. So, Ian, what did you take from that episode? I really liked the three T's or the three Metaverse goals, transport, transform, and transact. It is an excellent way for CIOs to educate other leaders on Metaverse's definition and goals. Yeah, that definitely stood out for me too. It resonated. It's a nice, memorable way to frame it. Alliteration is always good. So I think that definitely was uh, very accurate and I enjoyed taking that one away too. Another key takeaway for me is the Metaverse is big and will be opening up opportunities for enterprises to move from a digital to a Metaverse business. However, CIOs need to be careful when investing heavily in a specific metaverse because it's still too early to determine which investment will be viable in the long term. 
Yeah, that's that's also very true. For me, as I reflected on it, and even during the interview, the whole area of diversity, equity, and inclusion kept coming up for me. I see the metaverse as an opportunity to create a more equitable, diverse, and inclusive world. Taking many of the lessons we've learned from the 2D world that you mentioned, from the internet and social media challenges, And while we're still very early with Metaverse, designing this in now at the start is key. From my reading on the topic, this does appear to be a commitment. Let's hope it's something that's acted upon. So thanks again to Marty. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of CIO Mind. For more, check out the links or go to Gartner.com and search for Metaverse. That was a great episode. Thanks again to you and Marty. See you all next time on CIO Mind. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations. 